0: Hello and welcome to Ipsa Dixon, a podcast on legal scholarship. I'm Brian Fry, Spears Gilbert Professor of Law at the University of Kentucky College of Law. My guest is Sarah Musfi, the founder and lead strategist at Terra Digital Collective, which is developing Protean DAO and Agenda DAO, among other things. So welcome to the show, Sarah.
1: Hi, it's nice to
0: be here. Yeah, I'm delighted to have you on and to actually be able to interview you in person. I'm I'm really pleased that Kalani uh, introduced us because I'm interested in learning a lot from you about what you're doing and also about the structure and operation of DAOs, which are such an important element of the new crypto NFT space. But before we get into all that stuff, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got interested in crypto, NFTs and the DAO
1: structure. Okay. Yeah. Um, where to begin? <laughs> I guess, you know, NFTs and crypto had been in my periphery for some time. I work in film distribution, um, generally with actual distributors, but also um, occasionally through film nonprofits. and. You know, during 2017, it was just, people wanted to merge the crypto and film worlds. And um, at that time, you know, sitting in a nonprofit and thinking about, okay, how do you approach people uh, and new companies and think about partnerships and actually integrate the arts and crypto financing. That was an experiment that I think, um, and I'm not sure I can say, you know, that like it had actual results, a lot of the, the companies that, it's now the Gotham Institute, actually. let so cut this. Mm. Um, but anyway, so basically at the, at the film nonprofits that I, I worked and advised at, I think you start getting into the area of IP and um, film development, all of those things, which are just, the timeframes are so opposite From crypto and the just the the way that this world evolves at that kind of warp speed right so you know my background I actually had kind of reformed academic Um, that was that was really what drove me to study art when I was in school Um, I focused on uh, late Imperial Chinese uh, actually women's writing and art um, and representations of gender in the late imperial period and so I mentioned that because that's actually been a thread that has kind of gone through to my work with Dao's now um, you know and, and that also informs my work in the film distribution world I work with the films of Studio Ghibli and other leading anime um, studios and European art house animation um, so it's It's something that I would say anime and anime communities also have informed my work with crypto. Um, But it was really the theatrical shutdowns of the pandemic. that I was like, okay, I know this whole world exists. I've had this interest in art. I understand digital distribution and um, cultivating audiences online. And I'm used to working with I want to say it's almost like fan communities and in some ways the crypto community behaves like a fan community from you know my digital strategist viewpoint. And I thought at that time it would be as easy as you take a platform like Artsy, right? You have a you purchase NFTs with crypto and then you can start an online only kind of gallery program right and it was really about bringing these two worlds together that is so not the case right and we're we're continuously seeing how that's not the case
0: mm-hmm. well maybe you could talk about that so like you know you had it sounds like you had a vision right of what this world was gonna be like when you first entered it yeah you know how did that vision change based on what you learned as you started trying to develop your yeah. sort of project within the space
1: um, so I originally started thinking of TDC and this new incarnation in the NFT space as a gallery program, like I said. And it's just, um, I think Kalani mentioned this when you interviewed her, but the relationship of artists and gallery continues to evolve. And, you know, I'm going to keep saying that, but it really is, it's this continuous unfolding of, um, you know, oh, wow, these are things, let's say from the artist's perspective, that I don't really need a gallery for anymore, but at the same time, you understand over time. Oh, there are things that I just cannot do to t- due to time limitations, mm-hmm. and um, even just like the impact it has on your creative practice—just being always on. Which again, you know, this whole space is constantly
2: mm-hmm.
1: online. So it's become, I think, community-based rather than um, kind of gallerist artist based for me. And that was actually what led the, the decision to focus more on DAO structures because I realized that as a collector, I kind of came in um, with my business, you know, taking my business funds and saying, okay, I'm going to acquire outright work, uh, or sorry, acquire outright the work that I will then sell. And so what does that do? That that essentially makes you a flipper, right? And while I cultivated relationships with the artists, I realized that while selling the work was something that was like financially, it was was fine. Like, you know, you can keep the company going, particularly when the theaters were shut down, no film distribution was really happening except online. Um, You know, like direct to home video kind of stuff. But um, I realized that it was almost going into that digital strategist role again and thinking about my work with agencies with um, arts nonprofits that was the better fit and particularly just the amount of experience i had running an independent consultancy for years and and moving in and out of agencies um, startups nonprofits all of that that i think made me uniquely prepared to actually start thinking about how do we you know integrate tokenized community with actual on the ground artist support.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, so for listeners who might not be that familiar with the fine art space and how galleries work, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you think historically galleries have done in relation to artists that maybe they don't necessarily need to do as much in this new space and what are the areas where you found that artists really needed or could use gallery support in ways that they might not have anticipated
1: it's actually interesting because it's a it's a good parallel to um when you talk about artists who personally experienced the digital transformation, let's say, of the past 20 years um, versus artists who have begun their practices entirely in a post pandemic, um, or post NFT world. And so when you say what differs, I would say actually, it's not necessarily that the things that a gallerist does changed, right? You're really helping artists um, understand, you know, how to present their career um, and just providing almost like the production framework to do so, right? Like it's, I always think of it as like a producing role. Everything kind of, whether you try to or not, becomes finance first with crypto just because it's so transparent in that way. Um, So I think the one thing that is, is really changing is you know what is the correct fee if any or are there different ways to structure your work together and again that was another reason why DAOs became um, you know an interesting kind of point of exploration for me because I really couldn't find a way you know I I started thinking about oh traditional like media buying where you're going on a 15% of like an advertising budget or something or you see um smart contract providers taking, you know, certain percentages on you know or platforms. Like that's all a product strategy in some ways, right? And like everyone else in the space, you end up having meetings with angels and I think the question I've always had to answer is, Oh, is it like what is the product version of this? And ultimately it's not a product, right? And so that's why I still think there is that role of a gallery, right? Where it's sometimes the gallery will make decisions that are in the best interest of the artist and not necessarily in the best interest of, like, the commercial um, functioning of the gallery in that very moment Mm. on that very piece of work that you're selling.
0: Yeah. I mean, to the extent you can, could you give an example of kind of concrete like problems that you've encountered and kind of how you thought about them and how you tried to solve them?
1: Yeah, um, you know, I think since it's been, let's see, um, I got into this whole world last year, um, the early part of the summer, and I've been working on the gallery program and the Dow Incubator since then. And like I said, I think, A lot of the artists that i wanted to support early and provide liquidity for almost the same way that like an angel writes a check um i saw it as my role to just go in buy the work so they had money um to keep you know supporting their lives so that like okay this is actually a practice like this is a way i can take my practice and um support myself because artist support is incredibly important to me and and then I would say, okay, so like, I trust my eye. I will take the work and then sell it. And what that did is a lot of the artists that I respect, you know, you get a, basically even if you have a friendly relationship, it's still, you know, there is that kind of specter of, oh, flipping. And to me, it's really not about the the fact that I'm making money on the work, it's the fact that I can continue to work in this way. And so that was what ultimately drove me to work with um, some of the very same artists that I work with in TDC, the, the DAO of TD itself, as well as the DAOs that are in the DAO Incubator. I, Because I had the strong relationship, I could say, okay, like, yes, I had a piece, I sold a piece, but I think this is a different path forward. For our work together,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I've also tried incorporating DAO structures into individual projects, um, particularly when I feel like the work is a little, um, let's say it's you know outside of the current trends in the market, and it needs time or it, you know an appreciation of the artist's work needs to develop, right? And early career artists, right? So. Um, I work with uh, Alex Marachini, or uh, she's online as Av Marachini, and she does her work um, with the initials. Um, the she started doing these incredibly intricate Sims builds that are not meant to be played at all. Um, she is an art historian by training, PhD, you know, everything, right? Very much steeped in the academic side of the art world. Um, but had this practice of, of building virtual environments. And virtual environments are something that I think is also kind of very important to TDC in terms of, like, this is a digital-first, digital-native program. Um, and so... What we did is we tokenized the build by taking in-game captures, right, of all of the different rooms, and then creating a website that was basically the layout of this space um, that you could explore like the same way that you would do almost like a website walkthrough of, let's say, like a a home you wanted to buy or something. Um, And the NFTs were in a single collection, and then under that, was a DAO treasury, so a gnosis safe, and we can get into DAO structures in a minute, but like basically, a DAO, what is a DAO? It's a, it's a multi-sig, a token, and some type of um, community hub, which is usually Discord, right? So I, I thought, okay, let's have the funds from the project go into this treasury. TDC will manage the treasury of this project, and then, depending on the artist's preference, uh, they can hold crypto or they could actually get paid in USD. Um, but you could you could basically run all of the funds through the business of TDC, which is an S-Corp in New York, and provide 1099s potentially benefits, potentially employment to working artists um, using that structure, but mm-hmm. still having a Dow.
0: So maybe you could talk a little bit about what exactly a DAO is and what makes something a DAO. Yeah. Um, you know, DAO is an acronym for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. What does that mean, right? Right, and, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> They're not and,
1: autonomous, first of all. Like, we just need to drop the A, but nobody wants DO, like, it's, or DO, I don't know. It's It's definitely a misnomer. I mean, we just need to say that right now. The smart contracts... Cannot do a lot of the work that is required um, to actually maintain a DAO. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so maybe maybe you could kind of walk us through, like, right. the development of the con. Like, what was the vision initially right. of what a DAO would be, and what have people learned? What have you personally yeah, learned I mean, in trying to implement that vision in reality?
1: Yeah, I think one of my it's funny because I work completely on DAOs all day, every day, but I'm just going to use this opportunity to talk about all of the pain points, we'll say, or, you know, just, like, poke holes and everything. So unpaid labor is my biggest problem with DAOs. And I think this idea of building community, right? So basically DAOs, again, they're just online communities that have shared resources um a token that provides you know it, it could have liquidity against it certainly the daos that i work with we try not to we actively try not to because we do not want it to be considered a security um but basically you know that's a governance token so you can vote and make decisions for the funds in the treasury for the members of the dao for whatever right um and then a place where people can speak and again like i said that's mainly discord so the issue is that that, okay, so first of all it was like hot DAO summer, the summer where everybody just wanted in on DAOs. Everyone was joining tons of DAOs. And then um, you get you know this issue of just keeping people active particularly when they're not being compensated. So that's fine if there's some type of I don't want to say hand waving about future liquidity or what have you but in in many cases a lot of the work that you can do with DAOs and potentially should do with DAOs doesn't provide immediate liquidity to DAO members in that case it looks a lot more like a membership club membership-based club right so like You know, when you say friends with benefits and that has FWB and you can, you know, pay your basically hold enough in your wallet that you can be a member of what is essentially like crypto Soho House. That is not really what a lot of the DAOs are trying What's what's getting sold to people as DAOs. And, you know, I think what immediately becomes clear is, okay, who's doing the work, right? If you what ends up happening is the people who either are getting directly paid by the DAOs which we can talk about and is problematic in and of itself do the work because they are staff and then it starts looking a lot like a company the people who don't do the work you get drop off like crazy and so you're looking at like when you look at on-chain votes generally um, you know the final vote that goes on-chain is like 30% 30% participation, and 20% participation. And that can be gamed in all sorts of ways, right? Depending on like the voting mechanisms you use and what have you. The thing I, I guess I just wanna stress is like, getting people paid and understanding that a lot of the people that could benefit from DAO structures do not have ongoing um, financial support that allows them to just freely give their time is incredibly important to me and actually um, one person that I work with in TDC actually met in another DAO um, that I'm a member of but not actively um, really participating in and I put that um, individual under a consulting contract because I just really valued the contributions that I was seeing to their work in a DAO but realized that they could not, you know, continuously provide their time because they were effectively a consultant like me, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, that, you know, and, and generally the people I'm talking about are women, are people of color, um, are members of communities that have been typically underrepresented in business, and you know, that was where the incubator started, is I realized, okay, we need to do this work, but we need to do it in a way that people can get paid. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could talk then about how the incubator you started functions yep. and talk a little bit about the DAOs that you're currently working with directly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so um, I think we can start with Protean DAO because that was the first, um, and that actually was, let's say, born on Clubhouse. <laughs> Um, And I was speaking to, no, I heard actually um, on Clubhouse the incredible um, conservator Regina Harsani um, speak about time-based media conservation and really just, again, give freely of her time in Clubhouse, correcting ideas about um, permanence and what that means and whether it's a word that you would ever throw around with media art and, you know, Really became incredibly aware of the need for stewardship on the part of collectors and conservation best practices and the development of those. Um, and initially, I just approached Regina about starting some type of um, conservation toolkit uh, just to, so that people could, and really artists, right, who um, perhaps, you know, because her work is mainly through galleries or as a consultant, you know, if an artist didn't have the resources to work with her directly, they could read this and get a sense of what they should be thinking about when they tokenize work. And also collectors could think about it as well and and really points to something larger than just like, it's online, so it's it's eternal, right? Um, And so that, you know, as I started getting involved with DAOs, Originally, I thought the work was going to fall 100% under TDC, and I realized this is much bigger than what one company or one gallery or what whatever should should be working on. I have to take a break. Um, <laughs> so the the thing eventually just grew of its own accord, and this is like the best sense of the like community, right? Where it's like Virginia brought in Kalani. Kalani had her. Side, you're like of, and all of the expertise that she brings, and um, you know we, it's because it is a a more institution um, focused DAO, I think, and you know we're talking about you know museological best practices and what have you. It's it's very different timelines. Than dial structure, so we're going slow with that, um, and it's really about bringing together the people who are academically trained to work on um, the the questions of storage and conservation. <laughs> Regina's always emphasizing how like how boring all of the uh, all of the work is going to be, but it's really about like you know rolling up your sleeves and getting your hands dirty mm-hmm. in terms of. Um, understanding really how do we preserve all of the things that we're doing online now and like just saying oh uh, Somebody's gonna like comb through the Twitter fire hose right up uh, to like mine Everything about the artists intent when they minted something. It's it's not enough And so artist interviews and all of that. It's it's really important um, the because that has not actually formed its community and is really thinking about how to approach the individuals, and it's also going to be clearly, by just definition, a very small group of individuals who could contribute, um, it's in such early stages that it really is is about just supporting the work that Regina and Kalani are doing. And so I had Regina as a consultant originally, um, because both Regina and Kalani are incredibly busy and amazing people. Um, right now, Protean is basically entirely their baby, right? Like, they, um, I join meetings, but it's really just, like, me adding my two cents about what I'm seeing out in the world, it's, you know, and just about how I'm thinking about interfacing, um, and giving them the time to do the work with the support of having to not, um, create, like, an entity right away. When you're before you know what you're building, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Protean. Agenda DAO was formed this summer when Kate was like, some you know, again some tweet, oh you know we need more trans representation in the web three community, and we got on a call and I said I'm here, and another artist Aria Faith Jones was on that call and I'm here, and then we also um, you know really kept working and. Eventually, it was just basically you know, a discord server where it's like that's like a clear example of a community that is naturally formed and grows naturally without very little work. and it it's very important to have that type of safe space um, for artists in the trans community and the non-binary community. But I think what we quickly realized is that once we had a token, because we cared about governance and, and members having a, a say in terms of, you know, what does direct support and representation mean with this with this work? Um, so we have the gender token, and TDC uh, started that token contract and then also does the airdrops. Um, you know, there are recommended splits in terms of like how much goes into a Dow treasury versus let's say investing for, um, DAO staff, and then how much for airdrops. And we have the most of the token in the Dow treasury, but TDC actually holds the airdrop tokens because they're taxable events. And that is, the last thing we want to do is basically say we're helping you and then drop a tax bill on you. Um, and, and also just in terms of the liabilities, right, of working together. It's, um, My understanding, you know, DAOs are general partnerships, basically, and that is not necessarily, you know, the tax implications of that, the legal implications of that Um, for communities that are, again, in their early days, I think providing that kind of of umbrella, particularly when, I mean, at my company, I had to change accountants, change uh, law firms, you know, just because of of this right, this choice to be crypto first.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so what this is doing is it allows us to work with, um, you know, an example is okay. So we're recording this at in Miami, right? At um, we're actually at the convention center, <laughs> and uh, we're you know, our Basel Miami Beach, right? And. What is one thing that you know about Art Basel? It's expensive, right? Coming here is expensive, and the food is expensive, and every hotels are like, let's not even get started. And, you you know, an Uber, it's like you sit in an Uber, you're, it's at least 50 bucks, right? How do you get people on the ground if the out-of-pocket cost is like, right? Yeah. Um, so what Agenda Dow did and what TDC is doing is we're showing work at the fair. Um, and... This is not going to come out until after, so it'll be fine. But basically, Kate was just tweeting, you know, like, okay, so there were some NFT shows, um, not really at the main fair. I mean, there's a Tezos booth here, but they're mainly at the satellite fairs and around Miami Beach, right, and even deeper in Miami. That's problematic, right? Like, there's a lot of lip service about representation that happens. And um, Kate was like, okay, I'm going to get a clear backpack, and put an iPad in it and take it to the fair and we're going to show work at the fair. I said, I love it, right? And I said, okay, so TDC has Mirror, which is you know a great publishing platform, has all sorts of smart contracts that interact with each other. You can do fundraising, what have you. So we're doing a Mirror auction um, supporting agenda DAO of the work that we're showing literally in the fair, unless we get this back back in. And um, you know, it has scannable QR code. You can buy it at the fair if you want to. And uh, basically, we used an incredible product. Um, it's actually in alpha right now, called Utopia Labs, um, which is developing basically payroll for DAOs, payroll and like tax um, reporting kind of functionality for DAOs. And so, Agenda DAO paid TDC DAO, uh, to two ETH, which we're going to use to then provide um, basically like a grant to all of the trans and non-binary artists who came to Miami Beach and um, went to the shows, you know, just offset everything. Um, and the fact that we can do that is is pretty incredible, right? And actually do it in a way that is traceable and like legal and, you know, my company's going to get taxed properly. And it's the way we do it is, again, Dow to Dow the TDC-DAO is effectively the DAO arm of what is the New York S-Corp. The people who receive the funds, they have to be, unfortunately, U.S.-based. And then they're going to, you know, get a 1099, and it's income. Um, But they're receiving it in ETH, and they're receiving it as a payment from a DAO treasury.
0: Mm. So to make it a little bit more concrete, so I better understand, organizations like uh, like TDC, Protean DAO, Agenda DAO. How do you become a member? Who can become a yeah. member? What does it mean to be a member? Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned airdrops. Like, what is that?
1: Yeah. So, um, the airdrop culture of crypto is pretty well known at this point, I would say. At least, certainly in crypto, we we'll look forward to airdrops. Um, but it's basically projects launching that have some type of token, will generally provide um tokens to allow users let's say past users of their product a uh, voice in governance of said web3 organization and um that's great but generally what happens is you know the liquidity pool gets formed pretty quickly people cash out or they say they're going to hold it um but they then delegate their votes Uh, To a representative who's or a delegate who's going to vote on their behalf, because I mean, if you have if you're holding all of these tokens, you're not going to be active and everything. And um, that is like one way that DAOs get formed. I think of like Gitcoin, ENS, like those are great examples. Um, And SuperRare, obviously, right? Um, The other model is like a membership space like uh, friends with benefits and then some are kind of there's a token sale that happens at the inception and that's those are all you know there they're, you can point to DAOs that formed in each one of these ways and they're functioning they've done incredible things in the space um what protean is doing right now is really again because it's it's very much Working with individuals who have a certain skill set, it's not going to be able to be like that, right? Um, collectors will be able to purchase membership, basically, in, in the form of donations to Protean, um, with the the kind of buy-in being that it's actually providing work for academics to reference. You know, a piece of your col- I'm sorry, a piece of your collection could actually become um, one of the pieces referenced in the white papers or um, let's say if they're academic articles that come out of um, the work of Protean. So you're really buying into, again, that commitment to stewardship and and development of those type of best practices. Um, The industry membership will be very much like industry membership at other kind of industry-focused events. right? Um, agenda DAO is sh- purely if you were a member of the trans and non-binary community. It's open Discord, actually, um, so you can just pop in. And then we do monthly airdrops of the agenda token, which, again, um, the airdrops are small enough to give individuals voting uh, capability, but not enough that they could actually be like pooled together and have any type of liquidity that would involve trading or if you can imagine like a 51% attack on a DAO because somebody wanted you know um, to get their point across so the thing there is um, you know membership again it's I would say Protean is more like a membership member dues kind of model Um, agenda is much more community but at the end of the day this the same issues pop up in terms of like interfacing with like say a regular bank account or your tax statement. Mm
0: -hmm. So one thing that strikes me and this is something that kind of seems to happen across the board with respect to the crypto community is that People from outside mm-hmm. the crypto community don't understand why people are doing things in the way that they're doing them, yeah. right? Yeah. Whether that's <laughs> NFTs, whether that's cryptocurrency, and DAOs as well. I mean, the impression I get from a lot of people in the kind of business organizations, legal community yeah. in particular, is they don't understand what the advantage of a DAO is, but I see a lot of people using the (laughs) form. Neither do
1: I. (laughs) So, no, I mean, I love DAOs, okay, again, all my work is on DAOs, (laughs) But, but the thing is, at the end of the day, yes, it's highly problematic, and then you get instances of, like, things like Constitution DAO, where it was basically all of the major issues of actual DAO governance just writ large, right? And... You know it's easy to kind of laugh and poke fun at these experiments and adventures in kind of pooled resources, um, which is why everyone who knows me will know I am very behind the scenes. Um, I'm really about just figuring out the problems mm-hmm. and getting that done.
0: So what I'm really personally especially interested in is, as you say, it's really easy to make fun of experiments when they don't work out. But it seems like there's something important that people are responding to where the concept of a DAO or a DAO structure seems meaningful to them. And there's something about it that they want or that they kind of see as potentially beneficial. Help me understand what that is.
1: I think we understand the amount our collective contributions um, does to create value online. We inherently understand that. And influencer culture is the first iteration of that, where individuals can get paid directly, generally by platforms, right, for their work in amassing communities. We don't really laugh at that. It may seem like, oh my goodness, how did we get here? But like, we don't generally laugh at like the amount of money that people are making online. So it's really like a hop skip and a jump from there, like individuals amassing wealth to communities amassing wealth. Um, the issue is that because there is no container for these communities and the fact that the communities themselves are so very, very different um, not it's not a one-size-fits-all solution, and so I think saying a DAO is a DAO is a DAO is about as problematic as saying, let's say, like a major oil company that is a C corp is the same thing as like I don't know something working on like green energy C corp um, just because of their tax structure and legal entity. So.
0: Mm. Well, so Sarah, in closing, you know, you, you've learned a lot, I think, in the last <laughs> little while, like engaging with this new crypto universe and the ways that people are trying to kind of envision its future in, in a nutshell, to the best you can sort of like, where are you right now and where do you see sort of the interventions that you're making going in the, in the near future?
1: Despite what I just said, I'm all in on DAOs. Um, But I think I am actually quite proud of this model of um, DAO development that I'm working on um, with the communities that, you know, I'm a member of each of these DAOs. And um, I really see myself again in that kind of behind the curtain or, you know, like, just supporting, again, digital strategists supporting a larger project role. Um, What I would say is I think what I'm doing and what I hope the work um, is focused on is providing time and resources or the projects that I'm involved with to actually figure it out and do it right on terms that are not dictated by an angel investor um, and an expected ROI or uh, the fluctuations of let's say the NFT market, which I've experienced firsthand. And you know, I would just urge everyone working with DAOs to do the same. For their individual communities and realize that we are. It is a grand experiment, um, while also looking at the inherent inequalities of some of the assumptions we're making about labor in Dallas.
0: Well Sarah, thanks so much for making the time to talk to me Thank today. You. I have learned a lot and uh, I really look forward to seeing the work you do in the future. Thank you.
3: A five dollar word Sure, the cover charge is on, isn't it? Although, Although our, present our present salary is stupendous Terrific Gigantic colossal. Although we love the billet, do you send us? I get them I read them Oh, so you can read Unless we make a switch, we never <laughs> will get rich But we are rich, haven't we? Trees, bees, skies, and butterflies Yeah, but try and pay the rent with one of those And, and so we have decided after this engagement's through We're going into business, it's the only thing to do We'll spend our dimes for the New York Times to read the arrivals of buyers. We'll shed bitter tears for accounts in arrears when we look at the failures and fires. We're going to get stenographers who know the latest tricks, and we'll do our dictating every evening after six. Big business, big business, business is the backbone of the nation. The fellows who do well are those who buy and sell the products of American creation. Big business, big business, I'm going to be a businessman myself. You'll never be successful in an office or a shop. I wouldn't. No, unless you're bald, you're bound to be a flop. Why? Bald-headed men are most successful, they come out on top. In big, big business, you take the life of Louis Zilch, the famous merchant prince. He started on a shoestring, he's been tied up ever since. He came here on a sailing ship, which proves beyond a doubt. If there's anything inside of a man, the sea will bring it out. America, America, of thee, of thee we sing. You can't go wrong where you belong. says every man a king. It's just as good in Italy. It is? Oh, what the Why, certainly. In Italy, it's every man a deuce. Stu, the word is not deuce, but ducce. Eddie Ducci? Not Eddie Ducci. We just received a market tip to make, make our profits soar. The tip is this, do not miss American, American custodore. Oh, the market's like a woman who's been very well rehearsed. Like a woman? Sure, it looks its best when it's ready to do its worst. We're going to work with might and main like these within a hive and 70 will find us twice as smart as 35. You're twice as smart at 70, that is if you're alive, yet you only can do half the things you did at 35. Big business, big business, and when we have some merchandise to sell, we'll ask for several offers, then we'll take the highest bid. But if at any time we see our profits start to skid, we'll open up a chain of flats like (laughs) like Polly Adler did. That's big, big business.